0: Southeast Radio's morning mix. Chat, news and your views. Alan Corcoran. i pleased to welcome into the studios of South East Radio now and Taoiseach Michal Martin. Good morning to Taoiseach. Good morning Alan. Yeah. And you're here in Wexford. You're also the very first live guest I've had in studio since this pandemic started. So before oh. we continue any further, what message have you got to the people of Wexford after what we as a county and indeed as a country have been through the last year and seven months?
1: Well I would like to thank the people of Wexford uh, for their outstanding uh work in adhering to regulations and restrictions which were very difficult uh, and then working with all of us to ensure that we emerge from the pandemic Uh, in a safe and effective way as possible we're now opening up, returning our economy and society it's it's going well and I think the Mm. over the last year I think we've progressively and gradually opened up as we have vaccinated and I thank the people also for turning up and getting vaccinated in such huge numbers, the the highest numbers in Europe and indeed across the world uh, at about 92% fully vaccinated um, which I think is an extraordinary achievement by the Irish people uh, and great credit to the HSC as well for, for the operational side of that and the national task force that I established led by <clears throat> Brindy Cray. Um, but I think the people generally in Ireland, I think, went with the science, uh, adhered to restrictions, difficult and all as it was. And we also remember those who lost their lives and remember the, um, you know, the, the, the suffering and the grief that many families have gone through uh, during COVID. As a result of COVID, And indeed, those who died not because of COVID but because of other illnesses, but for whom we were not able to have the normal. Um, ceremonies that we would be accustomed to and that we do well in Ireland. Okay. I think it's been a very difficult period all round for people but we are emerging from it uh, and I think there's a strong sense of, of optimism for the future.
0: We've In the time frame we have, because you're on your <coughs> way to Ross very shortly, and we, we have a number of issues for you. First of all, slain care. Nationally for those listening into to us at the moment, three members of the board have resigned. There have been calls to meet with party leaders and there's a big issue with the shift to regional care. We've just spoken to Dr William Lynch, who's been a
1: regular contributor to this show. Is to care in a massive crisis? No, it's not actually. It uh, Depends on how we look at it. I think there are issues around the structures that, in, in terms of the governing and delivering of Slane to care. But 1.2 billion was allocated in the last budget to Slane to care. And I met with Laura McGahey and Tom Keane um, last week. Had a very good constructive discussion with them. I think their main concern was around the governance and structure. They acknowledged that significant investment had been made Uh, bed capacity has increased this year more than any other year um, in in, in many many years up 800 beds ICU capacity has gone up uh, very significantly Uh, the whole idea of community diagnostics and diagnostics with GPs has been dramatically expanded Um, this year uh, 5 million home care hours so in terms of the the content if you like or in terms of progressing many of the recommendations of Slowing Care the last 12 months have seen a very rapid now you know, it is something that was published. About why are people four years resigning, ago. though, Tisha? I think it's around the structural issues, and I think I'm going to have to look at that as Tisha, and I'm, I'm going to consult with, with, with the, my government colleagues uh, and obviously with the Minister for Health. Uh, and that's why I met with uh, Tom, Geen and Laura, Tom Keen and Laura Magee. Um, and um, I think be, you know, you have the Department of Health. We have the HSC, mm-hmm. uh, a management unit was established within the Department of Health in respect of, of, yeah. of scientific care of which Laura was director. I think we have to look at that structure.
0: I, I mean, I mean, Dr. Bill, who's just been on with me, says we're 500 GPs retiring in three to five years. I think to care need 1,400 practitioners, don't they? Where are you going to get these people well, from? Well, you see,
1: look, these are general issues irrespective of, you know, of to care and because of COVID in the last 12 to 15 months, we have, the HSE in particular, has uh, developed stronger relationships with GPs and with primary care, not just through the vaccination programmes, but indeed through uh, other um, programmes, yeah. such as the diagnostic programme, for example, so GPs have direct access to for their patients to scans um, which which can speed up things fairly significantly. But the, 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 the manpower side of it, the human resource side of it uh, is an ongoing challenge in health uh, and we will be increasing places within our colleges uh, and also facilitating, obviously, people coming into the country with qualifications okay. and people coming back with qualifications uh, to work in our health service. This year was the largest increase in people working in our health service of any year. Up 6,000 extra people working in our health service in the last 12 months. I
0: want to move on as you know we have a time from you to be in Ross I have a certain amount of time with you, we have a number of headings that I'd like to look at. I'll move on very quickly to energy supply with the stark news this week that we are facing potential power cuts this winter as a result of a shortage of capacity in the system. How have we walk into this situation? Tisha?
1: Well the CRU and, and, and Air Good are responsible for um, the supply and demand around uh, energy and electricity two gas plants went out of operation uh, in, in the last while. They're coming back uh, one in the uh, end of October, one in early November. That will significantly reduce the risks uh, of any disruptions. Uh, and there was a very low wind this summer, The um, CRU were saying to us during, uh, during, uh, during the week when I met with them right. uh, and when I was briefed by them. Um, and as a result, so, so that, that, that has been a significant challenge, particularly the outage of two plants, um, gas-fired plants, um, and they are coming back. But we will be taking measures and uh, the Minister for Eamon Ryan will be coming to government with further initiatives to make it clear that we obviously have to increase capacity over the next number of years. So you believe, because
0: I've spoken to CRU earlier this morning, they led me to believe that, that things might be improving. Are they improving?
1: Yes, they are. Yeah. Um, but also, we will be making clear that you know, gas, natural gas, is a, is, a, is a necessary uh, transitional fuel as we decarbonise our society and our economy. And there will be further auctions to bring in greater capacity on the gas side. Um, and, and 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 there's All a right. clear policy commission from government in relation to that.
0: I've got to take a short commercial break because we are a commercial radio station. We rely on our advertisers, as you well know. And we are going to look at Ross Lair now. And uh, independent deputy Verona Murphy sent me some information that she raised with Minister hildegard Nocton on the floor of the Dáil. Uh, Rossler would have to tender under EU competitive rules and be the successful tender before any consideration for funding. Now, it's well known Rasselair has played an absolute blinder during the recent pandemic. I spoke to Glenn Carr on the programme. That's where you're heading very, very shortly. About €200 million investment needs in there to deepen the port, etc., to make it even more uh, of a a, a challenge, I suppose, uh, and to benefit the community. What do you make of that? This whole idea of the being the successful tender before it c- can be considered for any funding.
1: No, you have to look for anything. One has to tender in in terms of any public procurement. Uh, there is a plan already for a forty two million investment uh, over the next five years uh, that has been submitted by the port um, authority and which will be um, supported. Um, already, there's been significant investment that's gone into Rosslare Port, Kilrain, in particular facility for as a result of Brexit. Yeah, it's an ill wind that blows some good, I suppose, and. Brexit Exit yeah. has led. Yeah, well, has There you were, Has led to, uh, uh, if I may say so, a mini boom at mm-hmm. and An extraordinary increase in EU Ireland traffic through Rosslea. Rosslea has captured fifty percent mm-hmm. of the dramatic increase in EU uh, Ireland uh, traffic in, and I think that's going to continue to grow. There, there one hundred and forty additional staff, sta- state staff, uh, from revenue to agriculture to HSE, have been um, appointed to right. Rosslea, uh, dealing with the customs and all the v- various issues that have to be dealt with as a result of, the, of Brexit. Uh, and that's going to continue in my view. And we're going to have to and then the next big potential is offshore renewables and the port as a base um, for facilitating uh, offshore wind developments into into the future.
0: So when you go down to Ross Lair, Taoiseach, are you bringing some good news in this mission uh, to Glen Carr and the team down there? Today?
1: Yes, and that's also I'm down there to listen and to hear what Glen Carr and the team have to say in terms of their objectives, their vision for right. the future of the port Because I'll mention uh, the like elephant Jim, in you know, the room Jim, James right. Verone and Malcolm Byrne have yep. been on to me on numerous occasions about this as has Verone and others mm-hmm. um, and the point is that we need to map out now the, the, the route because yeah, I want to
0: mention the elephant in the room yes. you're from Cork I'm from Wexford and there's a big Push for Cork to be- benefit from all this as well. Is there a bit of heel dragging in this to the benefit of Cork?
1: I know, no, no, a, no. no I know. We have to stop this kind of, kind of de- dé- depolarisation. No, I'm not serving the, the, pop- I'm not sorry, the pot no, I mean, sure genuinely, point. when yeah. I look at the figures here, like Rosslyr is the fourth largest port, second largest road uh, traffic port. It's the eu thing really is rasleigh is, is right. really optimizing its potential now Okay, uh, and i'm very committed to it uh, i've made this commitment before i came into government uh, i see great potential for rasleigh port hmm. i'm down here today to meet with the port authorities to see how we can progress as speedily as we can yeah. further investments in the port hmm. uh, and i think um, already uh, you know, we, we can see from the developments that have taken place in terms of the Dunkirk um, service uh, and in terms of Sherbrooke, two more services, and those are, those are going to expand. Taoiseach, time is catching up on this. Uh, there are a number of key issues I want to
0: discuss with you, and the first one is the Technological University for the South East. I've got a question from Labour Party Councillor George Lawler. Why is there still a delay in the site purchase f- uh, for the extra campus six years after Brendan Howland provided the money for it?
1: Well, I think my understanding, there are, there are evaluation issues around that, but the Wexford the County Council are getting involved now as well uh, in relation to this. We are supportive of it. We want it to happen, but obviously there, there are procedures that have to be gone through okay. uh, in terms of, of, of taxpayer value for money, procurement issues that we can't override. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that has been pro- pro- progressed. And we have been promised this university
0: for the south-east. I've spoken at length to Minister Simon Harris, and I told him I'd come back and haunt him if he doesn't deliver it for us. Um it's almost 20 years. Like, I have a feeling i will be pushing up daisies before I even see this, or is even seen, when will the people of Wexford be able to enter its doors and complete our third level programmes? We've, we've students from Wexford at the moment are, 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 are
1: couch surfing because they've nowhere to stay. Uh, very, I mean, for, first of all, I think the progress has been made in the technology University, very significant progress has been made in the last year, uh, particularly since the appointment of Tom Boland, in terms of working with all of the institutions, Carlo and uh, and WIT, uh, I think we can expect very significant progress now in the next um, two months uh, both in terms of the official uh, designation process uh, and also in terms of investments um, both in, in WIT, Cara, and Wexford uh, in respect of the Technological University for the South East which I think is extremely important for the South East in terms of uh, investment in employment, in terms of attracting further uh, investments but also in terms of providing the requisite skills needs for the region right across the board which it's already doing to be fair uh, on many fronts from hospitality to engineering uh, to apprenticeships uh, with ETB in, in involved um, and also in terms of, of the life sciences which is so important to the pharma industry in the South East. So you are confident that what Simon Harris has said in this program will be honoured. Absolutely and as a teacher I'm fully supportive of of, of this technological university. I want it to happen Uh, and I've said that to all of the TDs here look and and Senators I'm I'm driving this I want this to happen. Simon Harris is very committed to it Uh, and and, uh, there'll be no doubt about that. I'd like to look at housing and business
0: supports before we conclude our chat. Growing concern within the business community that when business supports such as the EWSS wage subsidy scheme are discontinued there'll be an avalanche of redundancies and business closures How will your government prevent this from happening?
1: Well, we have a significant challenge at the moment uh, in that we have, on the one hand, businesses are saying to us they have a lot of vacancies and they can't get people to fill those vacancies. And on the other hand, we have substantial numbers still on pandemic unemployment payment and indeed very substantial numbers being supported by eWiz. We've given a commitment to eWiz to the end of the year. Uh, Over the next while, the Minister of Finance and the Minister of Public Expenditure is going to evaluate the EWIS scheme in terms of the future plans. Uh, we always said we wanted to support and keep businesses and enterprises intact. Uh, it's interesting in some of our analysis, we had an Economic Recovery Cabinet subcommittee yesterday that indicated that quite a number of people, you know, there is mobility within the workforce and people are getting jobs in different sectors as opposed to the sectors that they worked in prior to the pandemic. So we've got to make a call at some stage in terms of directing resources to new areas that can create employment. Yeah. Uh, and that's going to be a judgment call as at some stage in the next number of weeks in terms of what happens to eWiz uh, and the various support schemes post-January. Um, so what I've just mentioned to you there is high on the agenda? Well, it's very high on the agenda yeah, right. uh, because it has to be. Um, and, you know, the pandemic unemployment has come down from about 400,000 on it uh, in February to about 100,000 at the moment. So there's thousands and thousands of people have come back to work as we've reopened the economy as a result of uh, you know, lifting restrictions. I can only in this time frame have a snapshot with you, but
0: I'm trying to touch on all the areas that people have mentioned to me, and I'm going to round off with housing. But before I do that, as you're aware, COVID-19 has had a significant impact on our community's mental health. Uh, despite many pleas over recent years, Wexford has been suffering from a, a lack of funding and resources in this area what can you say to the people of County Wexford Raymond Shannon has sent in a very strongly worded message, she's like a one man battering ram for this issue uh, our mental health services are
1: appalling uh, and when are they going to be improved? Well they, they are being improved, I think Mary Butler is uh, as Minister for State, she's given a single your singular focus to this, to mental health and if, if Ray and others want to meet with Mary I'm sure she will um, and, 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 is, and Mary's very anxious, hands on to get things developed Developed, uh, across this region in particular, there's been some good developments in terms of multidisciplinary teams being put together. Uh, I acknowledge that there have been shortcomings here in respect of mental health, and in this locality, uh, and I think it's important. We, we've allocated resources to it, um, and Mary is very committed to, to, to really seeing progress on this. Right. I remember all these things you said to me.
0: I remember sitting opposite you at the national playing championship, and 200 people gathered around. You've given a lot of assurances here this morning. Hopefully you'll be able to honour them, do you think you can?
1: Yes, I do, uh, and I'll be back again, and uh, I have no doubt I'll be in front of you again, in, in, in terms of dealing with these issues. which is, And hopefully uh, the Technological
0: University will be in existence, and I won't be pushing up days. You, you won't be pushing up days, right. Alan,
1: before that, I can tell you that.
0: Right, the Housing okay. for All strategy, I have to round off our conversation on this one. It's attracting significant criticism for its focus on supply issues, rather than affordability, for not being radical enough, for its reliance on the private market, for a huge number of its houses, and on a related matter, the call to have the central bank relax their mortgage rules, it's my final question for you, the Housing for All Action Plan. I know with the 3.25 billion you've now defined for
1: MICA, isn't it, Micah? Yep. Well, sorry, but that, that figure hasn't that's, uh, that that figure hasn't been confirmed. But in terms of housing for all ov- overall, it's four billion per annum mm-hmm. uh, we've allocated to housing for all. It's an unprecedented level of state intervention both in social housing and in affordable housing um, through the uh, reformed service sites initiative fund, through the shared equity, through the um, work with the local authorities in terms of of, 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 of developing sites to create affordable housing uh, for young people. Uh, the issue now is delivery. Uh, mm-hmm. The funding has been allocated for the next uh, five years, ten years in terms of housing for all. Uh, over 300,000 houses to be built. We want to get to an average of t- thirty-three 000 to 35,000 Can you do annum. it? We can. I think actually the, since we lifted restrictions, the pandemic hit us last year for about three months with the lockdown and likewise this year for house building. But since we've lifted restrictions, there's been a significant bounce back in construction and they're working flat out now to get units and we might do better than we might have thought we would have notwithstanding the pandemic this year. And I think then with that, gives us a pipeline uh, for 2022 and 2023 uh, and there's a whole range of proposals there that cover both supply, uh, state intervention, that we do need a private sector to build houses, skills, we do need more people, apprenticeships um, and, and, and yeah. people who are skilled in construction to come back into the country to build these houses um, and also uh, in, in terms of innovation and, and, a, and, and, fa- and a kind of more timely way of getting houses built. Time has cut up on his t-shirt. Thank you for
0: joining me in studio. As I said, you're the first live guest we've had in the programme. That concludes today's edition of the morning mix. Our production team, Siobhan and uh, Aiden. Um, I'm on two weeks annual leave now, so back to the hurling field for me. And I know you're fond of the GA yourself. And I'll be back with you in a fortnight's time. Thank you, T-shirt. Well, we're going to the, the county championship
1: on the football side, so we're best to look to you on the hurling fields. Bring um, good, bring good news to Rosslea. That's oh. the most important thing. Get that. Thank you very much indeed, Alan. Southeast Radio's Morning Mix.